Welcome to the Artisan CEO, where the art of photography meets the business of profits. This is where strategy and craftsmanship coexist so that you can run a creative business that supports a life you love. I'm your host, Abby Grace, and I promise to give it to you straight. Have you ever seen that viral video, It's Not About the Nail? If not, let me summarize it for you. So a woman with a literal nail in her forehead is sitting on a couch talking to her boyfriend and telling him that like she has this pounding headache and this relentless pressure and she's not sleeping well and my favorite, that all of her sweaters are snagged. And her boyfriend says, well, you do have a nail in your forehead. And she goes, it is not about the nail. So that was me in 2013 like when it came to my business. I was full-time as a photographer by that point. I'd left my corporate job the year before, and I was struggling big time with boundaries and overscheduling and, in general, just feeling like my business was eating me alive with all of the demands that were there on my time and my attention. It felt like... I was fighting my business for control of the steering wheel, like I wasn't even in the driver's seat anymore. At that point, it felt more like I was along for the ride and I didn't like it. See, I left my corporate job to work for myself, right? But at that point, I felt like I'd replaced my old boss with a new one that had absolutely no qualms about running my life 24-7, 365. During my busiest seasons, I was working about eight or nine to five during the day. And then I would take my laptop to the couch after dinner, like so many of us have done. And then I had weddings on Saturdays. And then I was calling and editing previews on Sundays for weeks on end. I was exhausted. And honestly, like I wanted someone else to blame for the fact that I was no longer in the driver's seat of my own business. But the reality was I was the one who would let things get to be as bad as they were. I was the one who allowed myself to book too many weekends in a row because I hadn't figured out yet how many I could handle before needing a break. And I was the one who would take a look at my packed schedule and still say yes to a new engagement session during a crazy season because I was afraid that otherwise the couple wouldn't book me for their wedding. I was the one who was refusing to outsource because I was only looking at things in terms of money out the door and not in terms of return on investment. And I was the one who let my clients blow straight past boundaries that I wanted to keep because I had never really set the terms for them and no one else was going to set those terms for me. My sweet husband, bless him, Matt, he tried to help me fix things by asking me, how can we avoid this in the future? Like, okay, you're stressed out. Maybe you're crying again. Like, how can we make sure this doesn't happen again? And in the moment, I didn't want to fix it because, you know, it's not about the nail, right? But like... In the moment, it was easier to complain about my present stress than it was to do something about it. But doing something about it was exactly what helped me stay in love with my job. Maybe you started out like me. You fell in love with photography and you realized that you weren't half bad at it. And then people started offering to pay you for your services. But you quickly realized that if you want to make a living, you have to learn how to run a business. And maybe you're like me, that when you started off, you were running things with your heart, not necessarily your bottom line in mind, because honestly, the concept of being a CEO wasn't even on your radar. You began with passion for the craft, and then the business side came afterwards, and it became a factor because you're good enough at your craft that people want to pay for it, which is so exciting. I remember the first time somebody offered to pay me for a shoot, and I remember wondering if there was any way to get more of these people, these paying customers. 
and I did. I did all the first steps. So I set up the social media accounts and I set up the website and I got a few more lenses and a logo and some business cards. But here's where a lot of creatives start to wilt. Running a business feels intimidating and maybe even like a bait and switch. Like, wait, I just wanna take more photos. I don't care about bookkeeping and marketing and taxes. I just wanna spend some quality time with my camera. And as momentum builds, it, it starts to feel like you can't keep up. I remember feeling like, how is one person supposed to be able to manage so many different areas of running my business? I remember the periods of being overworked and overbooked and having to spend many a late night with my laptop and then feeling angry about the fact that I had to turn my friends and family down when they asked me if we could hang out. I complained a lot. I'm not gonna, not gonna lie about that. Like, I'm so tired. I'm just so busy. I can't wait for the season to be over, blah, blah, blah. Almost like, oh, I wish I could hang out, but I asked my business and it says I'm still grounded. <laughs> Let me tell you this. Almost everyone reaches this place in business at some point or another. If you've been there, if maybe you're there right now, you are not alone. And you didn't reach that point because you're a bad business owner. I'm, I'm guessing you reached that point because you hadn't learned yet that it is within your control to stay in the driver's seat. Like you started your business because you love your craft and the business side came afterwards. And this is a very natural progression for a lot of artists. Like you get in so deep and you realize, oh crap, I have to actually learn how to run the business side of things. This happens to a lot of people. So trust me, you're not alone, but I'm telling you, burnout does not have to be an inevitability. It's not inevitable that you are no longer in the driver's seat. One of my biggest hopes for artisan CEO listeners is that you would be able to stay in business for as long as you want to, for as long as it is good and right for you to stay in business. Not that you're forced to shut your doors due to poor management or burnout. And so much of that comes down to the decisions that you make, the ones that you can start making right now. You do not have to let your business happen to you. You can step back into the driver's seat right now, today. Real quick, photographers, are you tired of lather, rinse, and repeating the same tired collection of forgettable photos from one brand session to the next? If you're ready to turn yawn-worthy galleries into the sort of results that thrill your clients and get you both noticed, then you're definitely gonna wanna join me for my free training, The Backstage Secret to Scroll-Stopping Brand Photography. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or you're just getting started out in the world of branding, this session is for you. I'll teach you my number one strategy for crafting stories that resonate with your clients and their audience, which is the biggest secret behind creating galleries that not only look stunning, but also drive engagement and sales for your clients, which, spoiler alert, is what keeps them coming back for additional sessions in the future. Because as brand photographers, purposeful matters more than pretty, but who says you can't have both? Our job is to think like a marketer and shoot like an artist, but you have to have both pieces of that equation. And learning to approach with the mindset of a strategist, that changes everything. So if you're raring to say goodbye to cliche galleries that simply repeat what's already clogging your Pinterest and social media, and hello to a method that drives brand loyalty and real bottom line growth, then head on over to abbygrace.co slash training. That's abbygrace.co slash training. It's time to leave those forgettable, smiling at a laptop photos in the dust in favor of a more tailored approach that's gonna leave your clients obsessed and already planning for their next shoot with you. One more time, that's abbygrace.co slash training. I'll see you in class. Owning a small business is hard and at times exhausting. 
I'm not saying it isn't. But here's one of my favorite things that I've learned about the human experience. After years of infertility, of hoping and waiting and never having a positive pregnancy test, I'm telling you, you get to choose your attitude in those moments that threaten to pull you under. You can choose to move forward with hope and grit, or you can gripe. And for too many years, I chose to believe and act like I was the victim of my small business. Like I couldn't do anything about the fact that my schedule was insane or that I had no boundaries or that I could never hang out on the weekends in the spring and the fall and most of the summer for being honest. And for too long, nothing changed because I didn't realize I was the one responsible for letting things get to the state that they were in. If you want to have any measure of say in the trajectory of your business, because Let's be clear, the alternative is letting outsiders determine that for you. And I'm guessing because you started your own business that you would prefer to be the one calling the shots, right? So like, if you want to have any measure of say in the trajectory of your business, then it's time to put your big girl pants on and step back into the driver's seat. Looking back at those times when I was closing in on burnout, there were three main ways that I learned to put my big girl pants on. Number one was pacing. How many clients can you afford to take? How many can you serve well in a way that leaves them asking, where can I shout your praises? Point me to whatever website you want me to leave a review on. How many of those can you handle before things start to come apart at the seams? I can't stress this enough. This is something you've got to decide ahead of time, not in the moment. We have a wall calendar in my office that shows the entire year, and every January I go through and I mark each date that's available for a brand shoot with an orange dot. That way, when I'm on a sales call with a new client and we are choosing a new date for their shoot, which I do on every sales call, it's super easy to say, okay, I'm booked three months out at this point and my next available date is X. Does that work for you? So then if the client counters with asking for a different date, it's an easy, yes, I'm available that day or no, I'm sorry, I'm not free that week, but like, how about the week afterwards? It makes it so much less uncomfortable. And this way, I'm not deciding from a place of emotion. I've already gone through and made a logical choice about what days I'm available. So it's less awkward when a client asks, oh, is there anything you can do earlier than that? Because I don't feel like I'm the one saying, no, my calendar is the one that's doing it for me. How many shoots can you handle before you need a break? Maybe you break it down by week or month or quarter, but as an artisan CEO, you have to know your own limits so you can work with them to create the best possible product for your clients. It's not a weakness to say, I can shoot three brand clients in a row before I need a break. That is a strength to acknowledge where your energy runs out and to have the discipline to honor those boundaries. I know if I try to shoot too much in too short of a time span, things are going to start to fall through the cracks. Maybe a client's email goes unanswered for too many days in a row. Like we promise our clients you'll hear back from us within 48 hours and oops, sorry, it actually took me a week to get back to you. Or maybe I forget to ask my assistant to send a follow-up email for a conversation I had the week before so the client never ends up hearing back from me. I know that quality suffers when I don't honor my quantity limits. That number of how many clients or shoots you can handle in any given time, that's going to vary from photographer to photographer. When I used to shoot weddings, I could only take four weddings in a row before I needed a weekend off. And within those weeks, like within those four weeks, I could only take one additional shoot, like an engagement session. Anything more than that and things started to go downhill. But like my friend Devin Robinson was happiest if he could shoot almost every day. That guy has like limitless energy. But me, I would I would die under circumstances like that. I needed time to recharge my creative juices between events. Second way I learned to put on my big girl pants and act like a CEO was outsourcing to cut down on those late nights. So what's taking up an inordinate amount of time in your business? Are you spending 
hours every week editing. Well, then it might be time to outsource that. Photographers Edit, an editing company, it's a fantastic place to start. And the owner, Nathan Holwerts, is a quality guy who has a huge commitment to excellence. I know for photographers, it's really hard to give up that piece of your workflow, but trust me when I say this, you are not the only person who can edit your photos. Is it taking forever to design your albums and then you drag your feet on making those edits that your clients request? I used Align Album Design starting in 2013. It was one of the, it might have actually been the very first thing that I outsourced in my business. And once I started, I could never go back. See, I didn't mind the initial design so much, but the revisions, those were killing me. And so I procrastinated because I didn't like doing them, which then affected the client's overall experience and meant that it was months before they got their final album. $8 a spread to have the design and the revisions handed off was worth so much more than what I paid. Maybe you're having a hard time showing up on social media and being visible is a challenge for you because you're overwhelmed by social media and you don't know where to start. So you scroll and scroll and scroll and you call it research, but you don't accomplish very much. Does that sound familiar? It's not only stealing your time, but it's also fracturing your attention into shards that are so small, it's hard to get any kind of deep work done. Trust me, I have been there. Heck, I still go there some days. One of the things that I tend to complain about is social media. I hate that I have to keep changing my approach in order to get my work seen by people who've said they want to see it on a crowded social landscape. Like it's somebody else's fault that the algorithm keeps changing. I mean, technically it is somebody else's fault. Somebody at Facebook is the one making those calls, right? I mean, we could do a whole nother episode on that, but I digress. But that's part of being a small business owner is adapting. And it's hard, but it's a necessary element of survival. I just think that one of the bigger challenges here is that you and I are seeing the need to adapt a lot faster than the market has demanded that entrepreneurs keep up with in the past. All that to say, everything I'm sharing here on this episode, I'm preaching either because I've either lived it or because I need to hear it again. So, okay, if social media is a struggle, have you looked at a service like Social Squares or Social Curator? If you've got plenty of photographs to share but no idea what to say in your caption, try looking into something like caption templates or social selling prompts like the ones that we sell in our shop. Where are the bottlenecks in your business? The ones that are causing a delay in getting the final product to your client. You have the same 168 hours in your week that I do, the same 168 hours as Caitlin James and Mary Morantz and Ashlyn Carter. All three of those women can get a lot done with the same number of hours that you can. And I know that because I've seen inside each of their businesses while prepping for their brand shoots. And the reason they can get so much done is because they have help. I think I heard Caitlin recently say that she has something like 12 people working alongside her. If you want to grow your business at some point, you're going to need to recognize that you cannot do everything by yourself. And that should be freeing, not condemning. Michael Hyatt is one of my favorite business leaders in the leadership and like author world. And he says that for any given business owner, there are really only two to three things that only you can bring to the business, which is kind of humbling, right? Everything else can eventually be given to someone else so that it frees up time for you to focus on the tasks that no one else can do. The ones that move the business forward, that generate income and increase your reach. Start with something relatively small. Album design, for example. Is that going to make or break your business if it, your first try doesn't go the way you were hoping? No. So go ahead and give it a shot. My affiliate link for Align is in the show notes. Like I said, I started using them in 2013, never looked back. Or maybe you're struggling to get to the post office in a timely manner and the delay in your clients receiving their printed products is really bumming you out. 
Is there someone in your community, at your church, or in your neighborhood who might want to work a couple of hours per week for some extra spending money? Does your kid's babysitter have any interest in working a couple of hours after school? Could they come over and package prints and then run those to the post office? The biggest thing here is to find the bottlenecks and do whatever you can to get things flowing smoothly again. Automate what you can and then outsource the tasks that don't require your personal attention, the ones that are keeping you from making forward progress. Finally, I had to learn to put my big girl pants on when it came to boundaries, both on my time and my attention. And honestly, most of this came down to client communication and email. I needed to be able to close my office door and end my workday with a period or an exclamation point, not a comma. See, an exclamation point allowed me to shift into personal time, whereas a comma left the door open for me to bring my laptop to the couch after dinner. And now that we have kids, working after they go down for the night is nearly impossible. My brain is out of juice by then and I'm tired and I wanna spend that time unwinding and cleaning up so that I can go to bed at a reasonable hour. Reasonable is a relative term. <laughs> so we set office hours of 9 to 2 p.m. These days they're actually more like 8 a.m. to 12 p.m., which means that I don't feel like I need to be in my inbox in the afternoon. So I'm speaking like back in 2013. We set those office hours at 9 to 2 so that if I didn't want to work in the afternoon or I wanted to spend the afternoon editing, I didn't feel like I needed to check my email. And I didn't feel like people were going to be waiting on responses from me. And then I put those office hours into an email signature that gets automatically dropped into every email we send. And we use the Chrome plugin Wise Stamp. Communicating my office hours inform my clients that they shouldn't expect responses from me after 2 p.m. in 2013 and these days after 12 p.m. If I did find myself writing an email after business hours, then I would schedule it to send the following business day at like 8.05 a.m. with the app Boomerang. See, your clients need you to show them how to interact with you. This is part of being a leader in your own business. You teach them how to treat you. And if you teach them that you have no boundaries and that work is the only major thing you have going on in your life, they're going to make assumptions that you might otherwise feel are unreasonable. Like maybe you decide to take a weekend off and a client emails you on a Friday night and then they email you again on Sunday to ask if you saw their last email because you normally respond within four hours. That was the kind of corner that I had backed myself into back in 2013 and I realized it had to change. Office hours and an email signature were helpful, but then there was also making sure that I pointed everything back through email. So if I got a text message from a client asking about something related to their project, I didn't respond to the text, I responded with an email. And in the email, I would say something like, hey, I saw your text, I'm the worst at texting. Most of the time I forget to text my own husband back. So if there's anything you need from me related to your project, definitely make sure you send me an email to make sure I don't forget to respond to you. You can just put it back on yourself. And if I got like a DM on Instagram or Facebook asking for more information about pricing, I asked them to send me an email and then I didn't respond to any further DMs about pricing. Email communicates more professionalism than a text or a DM, and email has the benefit of being trackable and searchable. You can't search your DMs for anything other than somebody's username, and if you forget somebody's username because it's different than their real name, you're kind of SOL at that point. So I couldn't complain that my clients didn't respect my boundaries when I myself was violating them left and right. I would send emails at 10 p.m., I responded to text messages on weekends, all of it. And all of that communicated to my clients that I had no life outside of work. And I loved, and I continue to love what I do, but I also needed the ability to step away and breathe for a second 
without somebody asking, um, did you see my email? Or, uh, hi, did you get my text message? If you're struggling with boundaries around email, please don't think I'm crazy, but my number one recommendation, take it off your phone. I took email off of my iPhone in 2013 and I have not looked back. I realized at that point I was legitimately addicted to checking my inbox. It was a rush, right? Like seeing if there were any new inquiries in my inbox. But you know what wasn't a rush? Checking email right before I went to bed and then seeing a request that I couldn't immediately respond to or resolve. Or worse, getting an email that makes you feel slightly sick to your stomach, like a nasty blog comment or an unhappy client because it completely consumes your mind, taking you mentally away from whatever it was you were doing just a moment before. And that's not fair to the people around you who want you to be present in your life. And it's not fair to your other clients who you're trying to do work for. And then all of a sudden you find yourself derailed because you checked email at a time that you shouldn't have checked email. Let me say this. There is no such thing as a brand photography emergency. There's no such thing as a wedding photography emergency. There is nothing someone could possibly need from me that warrants a client needing 24-7 access. And here's the thing. I think if you asked your clients, they would tell you that of course they don't need to get in touch with you 24-7. So why are you putting pressure on yourself to be available around the clock? Your clients don't expect it. The job doesn't demand it. So if you find that email is taking up more space in your brain than you'd like, Consider this your permission to sign out of Gmail on your phone and move the mail app out of those four apps displayed most prominently at the bottom of your screen. Learning to put my big girl pants on, it was a challenge, right? Parkinson's law says that work will expand or contract to fill the amount of time allotted. And if you've never placed brackets on either side of your work time because you're an artist and you love what you do, work will continue to bleed over into your personal time because you never told it not to. Acting like the CEO you've been called to be as a small business owner takes discipline and time, but the reward is more fulfilling time at work and a more present mind at home. Wouldn't you say that's worth the effort? I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, remember to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode and head over to abbygrace.co slash podcast for even more resources to help you blow your clients away at your very next brand shoot. I'm Abby Grace and I'll see you next time. Now, let's go get after it, shall we?